0: Hi, my name is Mikhail, and I've been an entrepreneur for basically all my life. I've stumbled and fumbled every step of the way, so much so I had to see if this was happening to anyone else. So what did I do? I set out to find everyday entrepreneurs like myself to find out what being an entrepreneur really means. This is The Social Digest, and these are their stories. Hey everybody how's it going my name is mikhail and this is the social digest this is the first video of our youtube channel so you know that's a that's a pretty big step for me because i'm i'm definitely pretty shy when it comes to video so let's see how it goes anyways i'm followed followed up by my guest uh, noah alvarez and instead of me butchering it i'm gonna let him talk about who he is what he does and everything like that
1: hey thank you very much for having me on this show I think, you know, like you said, I'm Noah. I have a lot of different titles. Uh, I think one that kind of captures a lot of what I do is I'm a multimedia journalist. I, I blog for a few different sites, uh, mostly sports sites and NFL is typically what I've written for. I started the My Mike and I podcast has been going about two and a half, almost three years with that. And then, you know, I also coach football. Uh, I like to work with kids in the middle school demographic or middle school age in the Garden Grove area. So you can call me a youth mentor, a coach, a podcast host, multimedia journalist. Uh, I also, I mentioned too that I have the, um, I've had internships with sports broadcasting. So sideline reporter, play-by-play. Try to be as versatile as I can. I'm sure a lot of your listeners and just as you are yourself too.
0: Yeah, that's definitely holding a lot of hats, brother. It's definitely holding a lot of hats. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So first question of this podcast, brother. What got you into reporting and sports broadcasting? Was that something you were always into or was that something you kind of just like jumped in?
1: So growing up, I was huge on sports. You know, I played football, basketball, baseball, a lot of my childhood. And like until maybe 18, maybe even 19, like I still had this, I was convinced I could make the NFL, like at least as like a special teamer. And, you know, I eventually ran into the harsh reality of like, hey, I'm 5'10 Mexican and I'm not going to grow. I'm only 200 pounds, and I'm not running, you know, four fours. So, growing up, I looked back at some of the people I really admired in the sports industry. I had a really dope professor that told me that you could work in sports. There's different lanes, and that's how I eventually chose communications. But Vince Scully and Al Michaels were my two favorite broadcasters, and those were more play-by-play guys. But I just loved how, especially Al Michaels, how versatile he was. He did football, basketball, baseball olympics and a ton of other sports to golf and so i really looked how versatile it was and then Vince scully's just storytelling ability this was back when the dodgers were playing on kcal 9 and you'd have to pay for like some spectrum package and yeah yeah so you know listening to those two guys talk about sports and as soon as i found out you could get paid to talk about sports i was like that's the career i want to go for
0: there you go yeah no man i was uh... I've like I grew up in a in a sports background as well, but I've never been confident speaking. You know what I mean. I was always like the one behind the scenes. I never really liked to be. I don't know if "seen" is the right word, but I just didn't like. I don't know. I kind of stayed low key. So my nickname is Low Key, but Low Key Laurie, my nickname. So I kind of just stayed in the back. But um, I feel like if I was a little bit more confident in myself, then I would definitely feel like I can do that. You know what I mean? Be like a public speaker, because growing up, everyone always used to come to me whenever they had issues. So like they had like, they needed advice or anything like that. They would always come to me and I would always help them. So I felt like that should be a path that I was in, you know, helping people and being a a, a motivational speaker and things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that's one of the reasons why I started my podcast. Mm -hmm. Social So definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. So what do you, what, is, what is the, you think in, in your words, what do you think is the key factor that helps you overcome that fear that most people have of public speaking, you know, cause you're on the front lines, you're talking to the players, right. you're in front of the camera. Like, and I watched your videos, bro. Like you're like, no, just the first take, you're like, done. <laughs> I need little extras, you know, for the funny, but. Bro, I'm telling you, hey, this guy's crazy, y'all. This guy's <laughs> first take. His, his name really should be first take. That's that's <laughs> first take Noah, you know what I mean?
1: Hey, appreciate that, my brother. Um, You know, I think the biggest thing, because I was a shy kid too, Um, all the way up to was probably like 20, 21, relatively quiet, didn't really like being a leader. I mean, I remember in football, like that was the most vocal I would get because like my junior year, they asked me to call the plays. Because I was a linebacker and that was kind of one of your jobs. That was like one of my early leadership experiences in college. I was a part of a club and I became president of that club. Kind of, it it wasn't like I wasn't the first choice, but I eventually got thrown into the position because of some other like suspensions and stuff like that. But that was like my second experience of being, you know, a leader. And and you have to be really comfortable uh, being a public speaker if you're going to talk in front of a team or a club like that. And so, you know, that was like my early beginnings. And, you know, I guess for public speaking for me and whether it's sports or whatever it is, podcasting, if you want to start your own YouTube channel, you have to become an expert at whatever you want to talk about, right? So if I'm going to go do a football game and it's, you know, I did it for Fullerton College, so let's just use that example, Fullerton versus San Diego Mesa. I have to know everything and anything about Fullerton College, not just the players, their numbers and their names, not just where their high school they went to. I need to know their high school coaches. What were the high school records of their senior and junior years? I need to know what the coaches of Fullerton College in San Diego Mesa did and where they've coached in the past, where they've played. What were their records the last five, maybe even 10 years? Because you never know like what you may be asked on air or you know, sometimes you will have a long, boring game and it's not smooth, it's a blowout. You have to fill that dead time and you can't just, if it's a blowout, you're not going to talk about the game like it's an exciting, close game. You have to have some filler stuff in. And it's the same thing if you were starting a YouTube channel about different, like, makeup or whatever, right? You have to know everything about that particular brand of makeup. If you want to start a YouTube channel about cars, like, you have to know every little thing and become an expert. Um So I think that's, like, the biggest thing is you have to know so much about. And once you think you know enough, like, you've written down enough notes, go back and write some more because, you know, I have some really great mentors at Fullerton College that always told me, If you're going to go on for 30 minutes, prepare like you're going to go on for three hours. And that will help you sound smooth because now that 30 minutes, because sometimes, you know, when you're talking and you plan for something to be 30 minutes, whether it's a speech in class or a podcast, it goes by a lot quicker, right? And you talk faster. So, you know, if you prepared exactly for 30 minutes, you might end up at 25 and come up a little short. So it's always good to over-prepare. And I think the biggest thing is practice makes perfect. Like you're talking about my my highlight reel and some of the takes. A lot of them towards the end of the season were one take, um, on first take. But man, the beginning of the season, yeah, you know, that first coaches show that I had to do, just the intro itself, I probably had to do it like 12 times. And I was nervous, <laughs> didn't know where to put my hands, didn't know if I should smile or not. And right. so you know, no, I don't. I think there are very few people that are born really good public speakers. But the more you practice. Uh, whether it's in front of the mirror, in front of kids, I think working with kids helped me a lot too, because you have to talk and I'm usually dealing with groups to fifteen to twenty-five, so you know, group kids at a time. And so and you know how kids are too, they have very short attention span. So if you don't grab their attention soon and be stern with them, like and you're not confident in how you speak, that helps a lot. So just the more you practice, obviously makes perfect, and then you have to be an expert at what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, man, that's uh that's deep. That's deep. <laughs> Um, I, I personally, I don't know, bro, being, being an expert and, and I I believe you definitely with being an expert in what you do and what you love to do, but I feel like you have to be passionate about it as well. You know what I mean? That's not something you really want to do. Like if you're just chasing a bag, it ain't really going to work out. You know what I mean? Like I got a bunch of friends that started this, there was like this laser wave, you know, where they did like lasers on the music videos. Like they did, they they just jumped on that bandwagon. And I was like, bro, is this something you really wanted to do? Right. And they were like, nah, not really. And I just, you know, everybody's doing it for the money. So I'm going to just do it for the money. And, and Loki made pretty good money at it, but it fizzled out. And then he's done. You know what I mean? So it's definitely like something you always got to be passionate about. And, and that will definitely help you be the master at your craft. So in your opinion, what do you think is like the most challenging part of being a, a reporter, you know? Cause for me, the most challenging part for me would be public speaking. Cause like, honestly, like I said, I call you first take Noah. Cause every time I watch your videos, bro, it's just like first take, but <laughs> me, I would just be like, oh, can we start that over? Uh, can we run that back, run it, run it back real quick. You know what I mean? So well, what do you think is the most challenging part?
1: For me, I'm going to say just being prepared for anything. Um, for sure first and foremost because there's a lot of times where you can at least in the sports industry you kind of have like a script or an idea of how the game flow is going to go right you can't predict the score you can't predict who's going to win but you can have certain notes and you can have certain topics let's say you found out a player you know he survived cancer you want to mention that and that could be a theme of the broadcast but you know there are sometimes where like there will be we've had instances where there was like a lightning delay and so that extends the broadcast. It was like a 30, 40 minute delay. So during that 30, 40 minute delay, you know, I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, and I, it caught me off guard. And luckily, like the people I was working with, they were well prepared. And, and you know, they kind of just, you know, brought me along and took me under their wing and kind of carried the conversation. But you have to be prepared for instances like that. That's a tough part for sports. And and sometimes you may be, you're supposed to be interviewing this person, but then all of a sudden they're busy. But, you know, most networks or most companies are still want you to interview someone. You got to pull someone last minute. You got to ask. And, and for me, like I said, I was, I was still that shy kid. Like now I'm much more able to approach my, or approach other people, strangers, whether it's the sports, musicians after a concert, stuff like that. And be like, Hey, you know, this is who I am. I want to get you on an interview real quick. We're doing a broadcast, blah, blah, blah. And, and it helps to have the script. But like you said too, I think if you're passionate about it. Like, Hey, you know, I'm a sideline reporter and we're broadcasting online right now. I, you know, our coach who originally we wanted to interview can't do it right now. Would you be down to do something real quick for like four minutes? And, you know, most of the time people, especially at the community college level, they're always down for exposure because they don't get enough exposure at community college. And that's generally the the level that I was at. But, yeah, just being prepared for anything because I'm sure you're experiencing in podcasting and and other people, whether they're YouTube channelists or in any field of work, really, you got to be prepared for anything and, and specifically sports broadcasting. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And sometimes a day of, there might be like something crazy that happens that no one was prepared for. And you have to, you know, think on the fly, I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, exactly. Thinking on the fly. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty good at that, but still that public speaking thing, I gotta work <laughs> yeah. on that. I gotta work on that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I heard you recently, you said uh, before you said that you worked with uh, children. Mm-hmm. So if you were going to take like one of the children or a couple of the children that you work with, and like take them under their w- under your wing and like kind of mentor them to be like say they came to you and said hey no I want to be a sports broadcaster mm-hmm. what advice would you give them
1: I would tell them one start a podcast cuz podcasting is a great way to get comfortable with the microphone even if it's just audio at the beginning just get comfortable with you know talking about a certain subject and you'll realize cuz everyone thinks they could start a podcast or they think they could do a do be a be a sports broadcaster, start a YouTube channel, all that kind of stuff. But then when you actually like, you know, microphone's on, camera's recording, it's a little different, right? So you have to actually be confident, find out if you're really passionate about it. And then, you know, second thing, probably the biggest one is just don't be afraid to fail. You know, whether it's asking people to be a part of the show um, or when you're going to go interview someone, you know, if you mess up the first few episodes, that's fine, especially if like they're, you know, middle school kid, middle school age kids, like this is the time you want to mess up. You know, a lot of my students skateboard, right? And no one lands their first kickflip, right? No one, I don't know that many skateboard tricks, but no one lands their first move. It takes you time and time again. And even if you become, let's say, pretty moderate, like you're, you could say you're a good skateboarder, you're not going to hit that move 100% of the time. You probably hit it like 80% of the time. There'll be some slip-ups every now and then. The biggest thing is you got to learn from those mistakes. And, and especially in sports broadcasting, because it's such a high turnover, and there's a, it's a really competitive industry, especially right now feels like it's really competitive or not competitive, but there's a lot of women flocking to the industry right now to even out the um, demographics as far as like hiring and everything. So it's what? super competitive. You can't be afraid to fail and, and just, yeah, that's the biggest thing because you might have one bad show, but that doesn't mean your next show is going to be bad. The next show you could kill it. You know, your next interview you could kill it. The next topic you're talking about, you can kill that segment. Doesn't mean if you mess up, you have to throw the whole thing away, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. Because, like, I feel I preach a lot of uh, failure is the only option on my podcast because, you know, without failure, I feel like failure is a roadmap. You know what I mean? It it lets us know where we're at. Mm -hmm. We need to figure out how we got to get to where we need to go. And the only way you figure that out is with failure. So I believe that failure is very, very important because like I said before, without it, you're just fishing in the dark. You know what I mean? If, if you've never failed before, you never know that anything has to change. So definitely yeah. failure is definitely a good thing. Mm-hmm. So I definitely agree with that, but knowing everything, you know, now, if you can go back, would you change anything? Or would you keep it all the same?
1: And what, well, you know, I think the cliche answer is, Oh no, I wouldn't change anything. Cause that's a big part of like who you are today. And the reason why, you know. The way we are today but I, I think you know just to dive deeper I wish I was a little bit not as shy when I was uh, younger just when there was a kid you know in grade, grade school wanting to ask a girl that I liked out something as silly as that you know being there was there was like one time, I forgot how old I was probably eight or nine if my mom's listening she can tell me for sure But like there was one time where she was like you have to order your own food at this restaurant I was like no I don't want to order it like I'm I'm so scared to talk to the cashier about what I wanted to order and so I didn't eat like my parents and my sister ate, but I didn't eat because I didn't want to order my own food. So wow. I was like, <laughs> I was really shy, really reserved. If I could go back and change anything, just take more chances, not be as shy and be a little bit more out there. You know what I'm saying? Put my ideas out there. Be Don't be afraid of, you know. The worst thing, I, I guess, yeah. Well, the worst thing when someone says no is, okay, that's a no. But like, that doesn't mean everyone else is going to say no. You can get a 99 no's, with that hundredth person you ask could be a yes and that's you, should, you just have to have that mentality especially in sports I think like like pitchers right like like not every pitcher and outing is going to be great for them you have to have a short-term memory because you may be asked to pitch the next night if you're a reliever out of the bullpen so whatever happened last night whether you gave up four runs or no run you strike out the side you have to have a cl- new clean slate you can't be thinking about anything from yesterday because today's a new day and, and you know that's that's one thing I wish I had that more of that mentality when I was a kid because if I failed, forget about it. Like I was, you know, in my room or just not. I would be out and about, but I wasn't asking anybody anything, not taking chances, and, and not putting myself out, out there at the end of, at the end of the day. You know.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. If I can go back, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> First, I would I would I would try and just. Be more out there. You know what I mean? Because I feel like there's so much opportunity out there when you when you open your mouth. I was always told by my parents, my mother actually, she would always tell me, you know, closed mouths don't get don't get fed. And I didn't really understood that when I was didn't understand that when I was younger, but now it totally makes sense because like if you don't ever say anything, no one's a mind reader. They're not gonna know what you're thinking. They're not you know they're not gonna know. So you have to be that voice to tell them like, hey, okay, I want broccoli you know, eggs, whatever, whatever you want. You got to let them know you, that that's what you want. Even, even when it comes to feelings, like, yeah, if you're sitting in a corner at a party where the music's blasting, and everybody having fun you sitting in the corner, they're going to be looking at you like, okay, something's wrong with him, but not saying anything. So we don't know really what's wrong. So someone's eventually going to be like, Hey, what's wrong? And you're probably going to say, Oh, nothing. Don't you worry about it. I'm cool then, you know, you just look like the salty kid in the corner. So <laughs> <Definitely>. yeah, <man. laughs> but, um, but yeah, man, this podcast that I, that I started, the social digest, I started off doing like 10 minute episodes. Then I jumped to five minute episodes, but now, you know, since my podcast is still relatively new, I'm doing trial and error. So for all my listeners, just bear with me, guys, it's, it's going to, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it right. I'm gonna get it, you know, bear with me, but Um, yeah, I started this podcast to talk to people like you, bro, that are entrepreneurs that are just gung ho and have a story to tell, because I believe that everybody has a story to tell, no matter if they're successful, not successful, just starting out, been doing it for 20 years, whatever, like somebody out there is listening to this podcast and watching this on YouTube, uh, and, and and feeling like, man, I can be that guy. You know what I mean? Like I can, I can follow in his shoes and that's. really the biggest part of what I want to do with my show because I just feel like there's a, a gap that nobody else is in right now and everybody's talking about you know how to make money and this and this and this but I'm focusing on the stories you know what I mean I'm focusing on what people actually really need to know to start the businesses and the dreams that they really want to start because if you don't really if you know what you want to do but you don't know how to get there. I mean, you don't have to do a lot of reading and a lot of just failing in a sense. Yeah. You know? and, and, and what I'm trying to do with my podcast is basically bridge the gap, like have them like show them to the door, but not give them the key to walk in. You know what I mean? Just showing them like, hey, this person is doing what you want to do. Take what they are doing and let it work for you. Don't just cookie cutter, chop it up and be like, hey, you know, he did it this way, so I'm gonna do it this way. I failed with that a lot when I was uh, doing businesses. I I started a like early in my career. Um, I started a uh, it was what was it? It was a drop shipping store. I bought this course. It cost me like twenty five hundred dollars at the time, and um, it it basically promised that you would be a millionaire in like three months six months or something like that. Mm -hmm. And at the time, you know, my goals were just focused on, you know, making as much money as possible. I was like 18, 19, maybe even 20 years old. Mm -hmm. so you know, money was the only option. It wasn't, I wasn't thinking about longevity. I wasn't thinking about any of that. So I took the course, I I studied it. I did everything that I was supposed to do. I started my store and it flopped. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I didn't make the money that I, that they told me I was going to make. You know, because I wasn't focused on the right things. You know what I mean? I was focused on trying to make as much money as possible. And when you don't have your heart in it, when you don't have passion in it, it's really not going to work. So I decided a long time ago, after that, you know, all those experiences, because after that fact, I bought another course that did the same thing. <laughs> it wasn't drop shipping, but it was something else like blogging or something like that. Um, now I figured out, that, for one, cookie cutter, you know, ways don't really work. If you're going to buy a course, yeah, I'm not saying buy, not buy a course because investing in yourself is de- definitely very important, but you need to cater it to yourself. Don't just take it and do word for word what that person says because what they made it on is not what you're going to make it on. No one or two people is exactly the same, even in construction. Like I see it all the time. If I'm coming after another talent installer, I'm going to have something to say like, Oh, why didn't this guy do this? And why yeah. didn't this guy do that? like, it's just normal. But before I didn't, I figured everybody would kind of like think the same, but it's just not like that, bro. So you definitely have to just find your way and find your own voice. So yeah, that's definitely why I try to just be as, as passionate as I can. You know what I mean? Like, Earlier, I was uh, scoping people out for uh, for interviews and stuff like that, and I can't tell you how many interview uh, how many people I, I wrote to try and get an interview, mm-hmm. and some would just not respond, some would just left leave me on red, some would just you know it was, it's just one of those things, and like yeah, I can get sad about it, but at the end of the day, I gotta persevere. You know what I mean? Like this this is what makes. This either makes you or breaks you. You know what I mean. If you're if you're gonna just sit in the corner and sulk and be sad, like oh, nobody's gonna you know want to work with me. Okay, well you know, see you in uh, twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're gonna be sad in the corner still when everybody else is like, hey, you know, I persevered when just like you. You know what I mean. You you tried to do, you ch- you tried ESPN. You tried mm-hmm. all those other people, and either they didn't get back to you or they said no, or, you know, whatever, whatever, you're still going, you know what I mean? You're definitely still going. So my question to you is what is your end goal? Like with sports broadcasting, like what is the ultimate goal? Like at the end of it, like when you sit back in your big ass mansion, you know, what, what are you going to be like, ah, I did it. What's that? Ah, I did it moment. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I think, yeah. I think for me it's going to be either, one, I love college football. So if I could do some sort of, you know, whether it was play-by-play, sideline reporter for entire season and, or season multiple, that'd be incredible. And if I ever had a chance to do some national championship or college football playoff games, that'd be, you know, just amazing as well. And, you know, college ba- just to stick with college sports, to do college basketball in the March Madness, that's so much fun too because I remember being a kid in high school, keeping up with scores. And once – like apps got more creative, like watching games in class during college. And, you know, I was always, you know, like super into sports. Doing the Super Bowl would be incredible. Doing a, a World Series, doing a Stanley Cup, like I try to be, even doing the World Cup. I don't know that much about soccer yet, but I've, you know, dipped my foot in here and there, had some interviews, even did a few games. So, you know, obviously I want to do all the sports I can. You know, that's what I love about Al Michaels, is they'd be so versatile. I think, you know, end goal for sports reporting if I could do every single, maybe not every single sport, because I know there's a lot of obscure sports that'll be like, oh, badminton or cricket. If if, if I could do as many sports that I like, uh, from soccer, football, hockey, basketball, baseball, softball, especially softball. Don't sleep on softball. Softball's a lot of fun. Uh, if I could do all those sports at any level for, you know, uh, national broadcast, that'd be incredible, to be honest.
0: Mm, yeah, no, just A. Just I'm telling you right now, when you make it famous, bro, and you and you get to you know broadcast for the NFL and all that stuff, I better get a ticket, bro, because I'm, <laughs> I'm a ticket. Bro. I'm gonna be so sad, you know what I mean. Like, I'm gonna be like, hey, I know that guy, and I'm gonna go back through my archives and be like, see, I had him on my show. Right. He was you know super super big, but <laughs>
1: I got you, bro. I got you. <laughs> um
0: earlier we were speaking before the uh, the podcast was uh was going on and you were saying that you uh had a blog site going up mm-hmm. kind of talk about that like what is what is the blog site about and 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 what people what can people see from that mm-hmm.
1: so a mutual friend of ours uh max max and I started this website it's titled locker room ca locker room sports ca. com um, and so but essentially right now you know just like any other blog not any other blog but there's a lot of sports blog out there right now. And eventually, we want to branch outside of sports. We've done a few articles that are outside of sports. Uh, I think, one of, personally, to me, I kind of got a little bit played out with doing sports articles all the time because I've been doing them for so long. And I feel like freelance writing is, is tough to get money and get paid for it just because of like certain rules. And there's so many, there's so many blogs that will give you for free, so they're not going to pay you for it, right? And so for me, really, I want to branch out and write a lot about other stuff, too, because I have a lot of interest in hip hop, TV shows. I think like right now I'm going to start a series on that blog, What to Watch During Quarantine. And, um, you know, because we're going to have a lot of time. Most people like myself aren't working. and I think a lot of Americans are, are bored, right? In our society, they're, they've watched The Office like 10 times or they've watched Narcos too many times where they need something new to watch and they're afraid to venture out. And so, you know, I want to start a blog. I, for me, I have a, like a pretty weird taste, you know, like I've never really liked The Office, never really was a big fan of The friend, Friends, the show. Um, but I feel like a lot of the shows I watch, people don't watch typically. And so like this one I just finished, Snowfall, basically, gonna I don't know if you've watched Snowfall, but i basically going to write a blog about that and, and, you know, hopefully get people to get hooked on a new show that, you know, I really enjoyed.
0: Yeah, no, that's dope. I I don't think I've seen Snowfall. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. FX produced it and it's on Hulu now. There's three seasons, takes place in um South Central Los Angeles during the 80s. Talks about how, you know, Reaganomics and the drug war and trying to fight communism's TIA, but also like it's it's crazy, Honestly, I don't want to give too much away because I think you guys should check it out and then check out my article too. So, I'll, I'll give some more like, you know, in-depth analysis without giving too much away of the show, obviously. But yeah, I mean, it's, man, it's a crazy show. It has a killer soundtrack. I was a really big fan of like 80s music, whether it was P-Funk, disco, um, you know, before like all that pre-hip-hop stuff. That's like my genre. And so just, you know, they're always playing that during the show too. So that's a lot
0: of fun. I'm gonna have to check that out, bro. It definitely sounds interesting. And I got Hulu since I'm with Sprint. They decided, oh yeah, we're gonna Hulu for free. Nice. Okay, sprint. You're still sprint, buddy. Nobody's watching this for sprint. I'm sorry. I didn't sorry, I didn't mean that. But um yeah, I didn't really venture into the COVID-19 thing because at this time, bro, like I just feel like if you no, know, everybody's really talking about it. And I feel like it's kind of like a Debbie Downer, you know, because everybody's like, well some people have lost their jobs and you know, I definitely feel sorry for the people who have, and you know, may God, uh, you know, help you guys out during the the harsh times. Cause it's, it's definitely, uh, it's pretty tough. Um, but I feel like if I'm sitting here talking about it and things like that, I feel like I'm just feeding the fire mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. basically just jabbing somebody like, yeah, somebody else is talking about COVID-19 again. So, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of just want to keep the mood light and, and not really talk about COVID-19 so much, just because it's just, it's a blessing and a curse if you really look at it. You know what I mean? Like one way you get to spend time with the people that you really love, you know what I mean? Or the people you live with. Like say, like I have a family. So um, I had, it's me, my wife and my four kids. So I get to see, my whole goal when I was younger, when I got married and things, was I want to see my kids grow up. You know what I mean? I always said that. And now with the the whole COVID-19 thing, I'm able to do that, you yeah. know, able to see, you know, my daughters learn new words and, you know, let my, my son see, you know, see his first laugh and things like that. So it's definitely a blessing in that sense. But um, on the other hand, you know, the, my kids get restless inside the house, you know what I mean? Now they're ripping and running all through the hallways and, tearing up stuff, you know what I mean? I mean, you don't have kids yet, but you will. You'll be like, ah, why don't they just go to sleep?
1: Right? <laughs> it's three in the morning, <laughs> oh, man.
0: <laughs> in the morning, you know, and then you got to worry about them climbing in your bed at night. You don't got no space. Now you're sleeping on the couch. Yeah, <sighs> I can go on and on. <laughs> I'm not going to pick up all your time, brother. I just appreciate you coming on mm-hmm. and spending this time with me and Definitely for anybody who's listening and want to become a, a sports broadcaster any reporter, any type, anything like that, you guys should check this man out. It's at my Mike and I podcast. Doc, uh, my Mike and I podcast, right? Yeah. On, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. So it's my.mike.i uh, on Instagram. You guys need to check him out because, man, he's, he's a genius. He's, he's definitely doing big things and I know he's going to make it big. Appreciate he laughed, but I know he's gonna make it big. You know what I mean? And I'm gonna get them tickets. Hey. Oh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get them tickets. <laughs> but uh yeah, you guys, definitely check him out. And Noah, I appreciate you once again, brother. Mm-hmm. Let everybody know where they can find you. Let them know about the blog, let them know about you know all your social media things mm-hmm. and go ahead and let them know where they can find you, bro, so they can hit you up.
1: Awesome, man. I'll start with Instagram, like you said, just repeat it for anyone who may have missed it. At my period, Mike and period, I. I have a lot of fun with those synopsis videos, and just trying to get really creative on Instagram as far as promoting the show. Um, on Twitter at underscore Noah Alvarez, my name spelled out N O A H A L V A R E Z. Um, you can listen to the podcast, my Mike and I, with Noah Alvarez, on any platform available, um, SoundCloud, Spotify. You get the point. And then, let's see, uh, lockerroomsportsca, lockerroomsportsca.com. We just started that up. And if you're interested, you know, in blogging too, like, feel free to hit me or Max up, Max Farias. We're both, you know, trying to start a podcast, or not podcast, start a blog that has good sports content, but also good pop culture content about movies, TV shows, music. You know, you get the whole point. Eventually compete with Barstool and the Ringer one day. And um, let's see, do I have anything else to plug? I think that's it for now. I mean, I have a website that's still in the making. Um, Noah Noah Benjamin Alvarez at so NoahBenjaminAlvarez. dot dot com and I knew I need to get that wixsite out of there. The
0: premium, <laughs> yeah, you you you'll get it. You'll get it. Everybody got to start off, start off kind of small. We got to start walking. You know what I mean? Everybody yeah. feels like got to jump and just start running. Yeah. Like, you know take your time.
1: Maybe you got it. You got it. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. And so you know, like like you said, take your time. Like, eventually, too, I want to write a poetry book. Like, I I have a few poems, like just sitting in my desk that I've edited and. Yeah, I really don't know how to go about publishing a book like that, but you know, hopefully like 10, 15 years, um, 10 to 15 years down the road, I have something on the shelf or at least audiobooks, because that's probably what we're going to all turn to. And hard copies are going to be a thing of the past, but I think that'd be yeah. really cool too.
0: Definitely. Definitely. All right, you guys, I appreciate you listening to the social digest and I hope to see you guys in the next episode. Take care and God bless.